and let's take our seats together. We'll pray as we turn to God's Word. Father, we thank you for these wonderful songs that we have sang tonight. Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit would come. Lord, that the Holy Spirit would convey the wonders of the cross to every heart and every life that's in this room tonight. Lord, we ask for your help and for your anointing, Lord, to come to be upon us tonight, both to preach your word and to hear your word. Lord, we pray that hearts would be opened by the power of the Holy Ghost, that eyes, Lord, would see, Lord, that ears would hear, Lord, that lives would be transformed by the power of your Spirit. Lord, have your way among us tonight, Lord. Lord, come down in our midst and move by your power. Glorify your Son. May your name be lifted up in this house tonight, O God. Lord, give faith, Lord. Save in faith the hearts, the men, the women, the young people in this heart. Give them courage Lord, they make a stand for you in this day. Let us see the wonder of Calvary afresh, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, Amen. You have your Bible. I will turn to John chapter 3, then over into Luke uh, chapter uh, 23. John chapter 3, first of all, uh, verse 16, a well-known verse. And then we're going to move over into Luke chapter 23. John 3 and 16, I believe that everyone in this room will know this verse and heard it from a very young age and seen it on billboards and tracks and so forth throughout this land and across the world. But this is one of the most well-known verses in the whole of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you turn over into Luke's gospel, uh, chapter 23, Luke's gospel, chapter 23. And this account uh, from Luke is the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus has come before Pilate. The sentence of death has been given And Jesus is about to be led away to be crucified. If you just follow the reading with me in verse 26, in Luke chapter 23, verse 26. And as they led him away, they led hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian coming out of the country, and on him they led the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. And Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never give suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? And there were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and one on the other. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. 
And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with him derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals which hanged, reeled on him, saying, If you're the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And we know the Lord will bless the reading of his word without doubt. Without doubt, this is the most notable death, the most notable death that this world will ever know. And is without doubt, although many don't realize it, the most significant death of any man that has ever died. And it's significant because of this. And if you listen carefully for a few moments, to reject this death, to reject this man, Jesus, in your lifetime will be the single greatest mistake that you'll ever make. I want you to follow this with me tonight in some way. I'm going to try, but it's not really by the effort of human words. It is by the power of the Holy Ghost to convey to you the reality of Christ, the Lamb of God, on the cross to die to take away your sins and mine. Without the power of the Holy Ghost, without the reality of the Spirit of God moving in this place tonight and on a heart to bring the revelation that Jesus Christ died for me, then all the words that I could speak tonight will fall to the ground. But if the Holy Ghost takes a few stammering words of this preacher and conveys to you the reality that Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago for you and for me. And on the third day, he rose triumphant over death. And here he is tonight in this place by his Spirit to save your precious soul and to write your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Without the power of the Holy Ghost, it's impossible for this to be conveyed to your heart. Follow this with me, if you will. Follow the journey, if you will. Follow these two men. And it's actually very profound that in God's sovereign plan, that there was two criminals that would become, as it were, on the front seat of what God's eternal plan was. They would be first-hand witnesses to the death of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. They would witness the King of glory, the Prince of peace, the wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, incarnate in the flesh, 
who was born of a virgin Mary, who lived a sinless life, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, raising up the sick, opening the blinded eye, raising those that were dead, unstopping the deaf ears, opening the blinded eye, bringing hope to a people that were broken and lost in a dark world of sin. And this same man, at the age of 33, this world, we kneeled this man to the cross and said, we will not have this man rule over us. It is a remarkable story of the love of God for a world that rejected him. For those that were born, all born in sin and without hope. And we've turned our backs against God. But yet in his mercy, God sends his son into this world to die for you and to die for me. It is the greatest love story ever told. And we follow these men as their lives, these two thieves, these two criminals, living a life of wreck and ruin, breaking into houses, robbing people, stealing, just for their own selfish gain. These two men that society would reject and bring to the courts and pass judgment upon them and say, put these men to death. That's what they deserve. These two men would become witnesses of the death, the greatest death that has ever happened. They stood and they watched and they hung beside him and they looked upon the Lamb of God. We see in this story that here is a man hanging on a cross outside of the city Jerusalem, still there today, on a hill called Calvary. It was in the shape of a skull. It's called Golgotha. It literally happened. It is historically accurate, not just importantly from the Bible's account, but all history points to Jerusalem. All history begins and points to a place called Calvary, where a man died called Jesus Christ. Today, sadly, his name is no more than a curse word for most people. But he's the son of God. And God so loved you and loved me that God sent his son into this world to die for you and to die for me, to save us from ourselves and from our sin, and to bring us one day to heaven to be with him forever. Great leaders, kings, presidents, throughout history, Notable figures have died in great palaces, grand surroundings, surrounded by wealth, surrounded by notable men, servants, family. I was reading recently of the death of the, one of the greatest queens that have ever lived, Queen Victoria, Diane, on the Isle of Wight, surrounded by all the grandeur and all the great and all the notable and all the wealth. And here is Jesus the Son of God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, the Almighty God. And here He hangs on an old rugged cross outside Jerusalem. On the right hand, a criminal. On the left, a criminal. And this, of course, according to the Scriptures, that the Scripture might be filled, fulfilled that He was numbered with the transgressors. These two men deserving of their death, no more than petty criminals stealing, 
terrorizing their communities. I suppose the world would say, better without them. I suppose the world would say, a couple of wasters. That's what the terms that we would use. I suppose the world would say, better just to put them to death and get on with it because they've terrorized their community. Isn't it lovely that Jesus has come to save sinners? Isn't it good to be saved? Isn't it good tonight to be clothed and in your right mind? You know, you might be sitting beside an old criminal. You might be, you never know who you're sitting beside in church. You might be sitting beside some of the worst people that have ever walked in this world around Balna Hinch. And yet by the grace of God, they're here tonight and they're washed in the blood and they're saved and their lives have been delivered. And so the world would say there's no hope, but we're here to tell you there is hope. And there's hope in Jesus. Jesus changes lives. Jesus gives people new life. Not just turning a life over, but a new life in Jesus Christ. Well, we see these two men deserving their just reward. That's what they said. As they looked at this man hanging on the cross... This man without sin. This man without spot or blemish. This man who did no wrong. They began to realize that they are deserving of their death. The Bible says, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all deserve to die in our sin and to go to a lost eternity. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 and 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, this was an awful death, a shameful death. But something happened at that time as Christ was hanging on the cross. The sin of the world was placed upon him that had or knew no sin. That's very difficult for us to grasp. But if you grasp this tonight, a man died 2,000 years ago and that man took your sin upon his body upon the tree. A man died in your place. A man paid the price for your sin. A man took your death. And that man's name is Jesus. Through their own eyes, their own ears, and their senses, these two criminals were, had first-hand accounts as the man in the middle, the Lamb of God, hung on the tree and was sacrificed for the sins of you and for me. One of these men's in the last moment of his life, in his final breaths, It is an amazing reality of what happened. Just in a moment, and you know, I want you to listen carefully because just in a moment, what happened to this thief could happen to you tonight. Just in the moment of time, just in a moment as he was hanging and his last breath upon this scene of time, suddenly the grace, the mercy... The unmerited favor of God came upon this man and suddenly his eyes were opened and when he looked at the man on the middle tree, he suddenly seen him not just as another man, but he seen him as the Lamb of God that's come to take away the sin of the world. 
His eyes were opened. He suddenly seen the reality of who was before him. Suddenly as the judgment was being executed by the grace of God, one man found mercy. When Christ was brought to Calvary, we know that he had already been scourged and beaten at the hands of the Roman soldiers. Although already weakened in body, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ would be without doubt the most brutal crucifixion and death that a man has ever experienced. There is no Hollywood director could ever convey to us what Christ went through on the cross. Because although they may try to present a bloodied scene, they have no revelation of this, that the sin of the world was placed upon him. They, the thieves, brought with him, witnessed as Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, was led as a lamb to the slaughter. They witnessed as the weakened body of Jesus was led, led out upon that Roman cross on Mount Calvary. They witnessed as the nails were driven through his hands and hammered through his feet. They heard the agonizing groans and of the Savior as he willingly, as he willingly gave himself as a ransom for all men. Jesus said in John 10, 17, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. Brothers and sisters, Jesus willingly laid down his life on that cross. They watched the humiliating spectacle as he lay naked upon the cross and he was lifted up, naked, beaten and bruised. And they heard the first cry that came from the cross. And you know what the first cry was? Father, forgive them. Forgiveness poured out from Calvary. It was a real death. I would encourage you to flee from pictures that hang on walls, from statues and graven images, flee from Hollywood movies and grand paintings that the greatest artists of this world have ever painted because none of them can convey the full reality of Calvary but the Holy Ghost. His visage, the Bible says, was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. The psalmist says in Psalm 129 and 3, The pliers plied upon my back, and they made long furrows. And Isaiah 50 and verse 6, it says, I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and from spitting. We can say with the hymn writer tonight, Hallelujah, and what a Savior. His death was agonizing. Death came, but he embraced it. But so that we might live through him, he conquered death. 
He was to make his soul an offering for sin. One said this, Christ would meet death in its greatest terror so to conquer it. His death swallowed up in victory where we can say as the saved of God tonight, O death, where is thy sting? And O grave, where is thy victory? Why can we say it? Because brothers and sisters, on the third day, he rose triumphant and conquered death. It was a death, not only agonizing, but it was a cursed death. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 21 and 23, For he that is hanged is accursed of God, taking our curse upon himself. Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He was made a curse for us, because the Bible says, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. What a saviour. The man that knew no sin and did no sin became sin for you and for me. What a death. It was agonizing. It was cursed. And it was a bloody death. The Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of our sin. What is your answer for your sin problem? You see, the problem that you have isn't how you were brought up, isn't the background that you have, isn't how dysfunctional a life that you've lived. The problem that you have, and I have tonight, brothers and sisters and friends in this house, is a sin problem. And what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Christ shed precious blood. Brothers and sisters, it was precious blood. I know the modernists, the liberals, the seeker-friendly brigade don't like preaching or singing about the blood. But I tell you, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And when sinners plunge beneath that flood, they lose all. Praise the Lord. All. They lose it all. All their guilty stains. Two thieves are watching, hearing, witnessing the death of Jesus Christ. They see what happens as the soldiers when they crucified Jesus, they witness him take his garments. They turn it into four parts to every soldier apart and a coat. Now the coat was without seam. And they see as they would cast lots for his garments. They heard as men would pass by and revile them and wag their heads at him, saying, if you destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you're the Son of God, save yourself. Mockers and scoffers, sniggering and laughing. Friends, it hasn't changed. The chief priests, the religious people, people who are religious, they came by to have a look and the religious people haven't changed in 2,000 years. They laughed and they mocked. And the scribes and the elders said, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. 
If he's the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we'll believe him. If he trusted in God, let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I'm the son of God. And the thieves also that were crucified with him. Do you know what happens when there's a group? you know what happens when there's a few? What did they do? These two men hanging on the cross. It says, they cast the same in his teeth. In other words, they just joined in with the group. It's easy to go with the flow. It's easy to go with the group. When everyone else is doing it, oh, we'll do it too. That's, I'm going to tell you something that takes a man or a woman, a real man of courage and a real woman of courage to stand up and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. That's what it takes, a real man or a woman. Easy to run with the crowd. And so they began to mock. And it was about the sixth hour. And then suddenly these men, as they're hanging on the cross, they notice something happens. A darkness fell over the earth. And for three hours it was dark. The sun was darkened. We're coming to the climax of the purpose and the mission of Jesus, the death of Christ. What's happening at this moment? Friends, if I had the ability to confess, it, I would, but I honestly feel that I'm walking in something that's so holy, something that's so precious, something that will not know the glory. When the sin, my sin, I'll forget about everyone else in this room, because you've often heard it said, if I was the only one in this world, Jesus would have came and still died. Is not true? At that moment, my sin, my sin, and I know what my sin, all about it. You may not know. You may know some of it. And thank God you don't know all of it. But God knows it all. My sin was placed upon Jesus Christ. That's why there was darkness. Can I tell you, it was also your sin. The sin of all the world was placed on God's land. That's why there was darkness. And so they're approaching the finale of this brutal death. The Roman soldiers are coming. It's time that they must bring this whole thing to an end. And as they come, their final action of, of death in this scene is that they would break the legs of these men that are hanging on the cross to quicken their death. Time was near up. These brutal men, possibly the same men, I don't know, that ripped the hairs from his face, that scourged his back, that beat him black and blue, that led him out to the cross. Now they're coming to finish him off, to break the legs of these men. And so these thieves are hanging, still alive. And they witness something unique. Because when they come to Jesus Christ, they find that he had already cried, It is finished! I gave up the ghost. And these men, as they hung there, the Roman soldiers come and break their legs. And the reason that their legs are broken for this brutal crucifixion is because it quickens their death. They suffocate. What they've been doing for hours is pushing themselves up so they can get a breath. But no longer can they push themselves up because their legs are broken. 
And these men are plunged in to an eternity. Christ's legs were not broken to fulfill Scripture, to fulfill the Word of God, that not one bone would be broken. Everything's fulfilled. Not one word will fail. And so just before the death, there is a conversation that takes place. Two thieves. I want to tell you, you're in one of two camps tonight as we come to the close of this meeting. You're going to be in one of two. Whether you choose to be in that or not is up to you, but you are in one of two camps tonight. These two thieves deserving of death has witnessed everything And it was prior just to the darkness that fell. After the mocking and with the rest, that something happened to one. No, there's a wee chorus that says, something happened and now I know. He touched me and he made me whole. In this awesome hour, the triune God of heaven and earth, the King of glory, facing his final moments and the agonizing death, There's a sinner just on one side of him that suddenly dawns on him and the light is turned on and he suddenly sees this is Jesus. He's the Son of God. He's my Savior. He wasn't looking now at a mere man. He was looking at the Lamb that has come into the world to save sinners. The Bible says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. The wind of the Spirit blows on Calvary. The revelation on this man's heart and his eyes are opened. And suddenly, he just does not see Jesus as a man from Nazareth. He sees Jesus as the Son of God. The hymn says, the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I Though vile is he, wash all my sins away. In the midst of the mocking voices, in the midst of peer pressures, in the midst of what people think or say, this thief simply said, Do you not fear God? Suddenly, do you not fear God? Suddenly it realized, it dawned on him. We're here sniggering and laughing. We're here going with the crowd, and suddenly they realize, isn't it great to be saved? You know, I used to run with the crowd and go with the crowd and, and think it was great to be in with all the gang and all the, all the men and all the bravado. And, and, I was the, and then suddenly it happened. I suddenly realized the man that I was running from is the man that's come to save me. It dawned. The light turned on. I was awakened. My prison was lit up. The the, the sin and the shame and the prison of darkness. Suddenly I realized the answer is Jesus. And here's this man saying, look, we deserve what we're getting. That's what he said. But see this man, see this man, Jesus. He's done nothing wrong. He doesn't deserve this. And he said, Jesus, Lord, he acknowledged him for who he is. Not Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus, Lord. Remember me 
when you come into your kingdom. Isn't it an amazing thing as Christ is agonizing on the cross for the sins of the world and his father is about to turn his face from him that a cry from a man just a few meters away that Jesus says, see today you're going to be with me in paradise. That is an amazing gospel. The dying thief rejoiced to see. One cried out and was saved. One mocked and died in a sin. One went to heaven. One went to hell. Both seen Jesus. Both seen him die on the cross. But one responded and one rejected. You see, you're in two camps tonight. You're either in the camp that's going to reject him. And do your own thing and go with the crowd. Go with the mockers and the scoffers. And the consequences of that is a lost eternity without Christ. Or you're going to be like the other that simply says, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Jesus said today, 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 today. If you hear his voice, don't you harden your heart. It's appointed on the man wants to die. And after this, the judgment and judgment is coming. Death is sure. To die without Christ, when he hung for you and me on the cross for our sin, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. There's great news. Here's the great news. He died and they took him off that cross. They laid him in a tomb. I'm here to tell you tonight, the tomb's empty. Tells us in Matthew 28, there was a great earthquake. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Heard loads of people preaching this. And the best I've heard is they didn't roll back the stone for him to come out. They rolled back the stone for us to go in. Because when you go in and you don't have to go to Jerusalem to go in, you can go in by faith tonight. But when you go in, you'll find that the tomb's empty. He rose triumphant over death. He rose triumphant over the powers of darkness. He rose triumphant and he ascended up into heaven and he seated at the right hand of the Father. But he promised this one thing, that he will return again. You see, Jesus is coming back. This world's in chaos. These nations are shaken. This world is changing rapidly. We see the rise of wickedness. We see the departing from the faith. We see everything happening all around us. All these things are pointing to one thing, and that's the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The most costly thing, as I close tonight, that you possess, I say this often because I believe it, but the most costly thing that you possess tonight, it's not your house, your car, your finances, your jewelry, your silver, your gold, if you have any. It's not all your precious things that you hang on to. The most precious thing that you own tonight and you possess is your soul. That's the most precious thing you have because your soul is going to spend eternity either in a place called heaven or in a place, real place, called hell. That's what happens after this, after death. You go somewhere. I know the world wants to change it all. I know 
Listen, some of the things they're doing at funerals now is so that they can ignore the reality of death and an afterlife. They'll change the songs. They'll tell you not to come all dure and clear. But I want to tell you something. You sit in a funeral service, and I've sat in a few tragic funeral services in these last few weeks. I drive past that house just by ours. And I said to Nikki, I said this morning, every time I go past it, there's an empty house. Just four weeks ago, there was a mother, there was a son, and the wee daddy's in the home. But they lived there. But just in the space of a few days, 10 days, the son went into eternity. And 10 days later, the mummy went into eternity. Let me tell you something. Death is sure. And it's sudden. Anybody know when they're going to die? But death will come to all of us. It's appointed on the man once to die. After this, the judgment. What you do with Jesus will determine where you'll spend your eternity, heaven or hell. The most precious thing that you've got is your soul. How do I know it's precious? How can we put a value on your soul tonight and my soul? The value of anything is the price a man would be willing to pay for it. Could I tell you something? Jesus paid for your soul when he hung on the cross 2,000 years ago. Now that's a price that I don't know any other man has paid for my soul. But his name is Jesus and he's a wonderful Savior. Which thief are you? Which sinner are you? Are you the one that will say, Lord, be merciful, save me? Or will you be the one with the mockers and say, I've heard all that before? Which one are you? May the Holy Spirit truly convict your heart of sin tonight. And may you truly respond to him. Oh God, have mercy upon us tonight. Lord, would you move in hearts? Would there be one soul that would say, God, would you be merciful to me? The Bible says, whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. Isn't it good to be saved, saints? Isn't it good to be saved? Let's pray together tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.